This episode of Love Thy Neighbourhood is brought to you by Freenow, the mobility super app. They say in London, you're never more than four metres away from a rat, a gawp core bro, or an underwhelming immersive experience. But did you know what's on average just four minutes away? A black cat. That's right, the ubiquitous and noble Knights of the Road. Meaning that wherever you need to go, Freenow, the mobility super app which allows you to hire black cabs via your phone, has you covered. Taxis and more at the tap of an app. Feel free now. What makes something a neighbourhood restaurant? There isn't everywhere a neighbourhood. Well, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Maybe like an inn at a crossroads in the middle of nowhere yeah. isn't a neighbourhood restaurant. Okay, fine. And you go in there and you say, oh, what's it like in this area? And they go, what area? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good whatever. My name is Joe Magdix, the big dog of Time Out London, and you're listening to Love Thy Neighbourhood, the podcast in which someone larger and more in charge than myself gives me a guided tour around a bit of London uh, that means a lot to them. One area, four locations, that they would give their own five stars to if they could, but they can't, because that's, of course, what we do. When we like something, we take our warming pipe because it's very cold today and we, and we cram it full of editorial nous and discourse and we blow out five perfect smoke stars all in a line, thereby changing the course of history forever. Today, as I said, it's exceptionally cold. The leaves are crunching underfoot and we've come to the original yummy mummy mecca. It's Stokey, Stoke Newington. Stokey, not a new nickname, by the way. A lot of people think Stokey is, is a sort of recent affectation, but people have been calling it Stokey uh, since the Victorian times. It's been around in one form or another for ages and ages for a long time, up until I think the 1800s at some point. It was just a row of very, very sort of quaint shops and houses, uh, which is now Church Street. And it was a place for wealthy bankers and lawyers uh, to live close enough to the city. Uh, these days, of course, it's synonymous with the creative arts, it's synonymous with unwanted children's wooden toys, expensive spatulas, things like that. But to me, it's it's a lot more than that. It's, it's a place where almost more than anywhere else in London, I sort of feel that the kind of history of what this place used to be like is ever-present. The ghosts of these enormous houses that used to be in this area. Abney House in the middle of the cemetery, long gone. Holland House on Albion Road, and of course, the Fleetwood House, which was a sort of 50 or 60 room mansion, all gone to make room for the Victorian housing, which was then of course swept aside. But you can still feel it. You can still feel the ghosts of those old streets and the waterways. The New River, of course, flowed all the way from Hertfordshire, I believe, uh, down through this part of the city. And it still exists in small ornamental lakes and uh, things like that. Today's guest who brings me here is a BAFTA award-winning writer and performer. Uh, you'll probably see him on TV at the moment. He's in the second series of The Curse, which is very funny, which he, he wrote and stars in. He's also in a very good comedy series uh, called Peacock, about a deluded personal trainer. But he's probably best known, uh, or definitely best known, for writing and starring in what, what I believe is, is the, the greatest British comedy of the last 10 years, maybe even longer, which is People Just Do Nothing where he played MC Grinder, another deluded loser. But a deluded loser that sort of had a lot of characteristics in common with sort of British favourites like 
David Brent and Alan Partridge. It's an incredible creation, and everyone who was in it did an amazing job. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing him. Recently, he's turned his attention uh, to food as well, and he's part of a sort of three-person social media cuisine exploration outfit called the Taste Cadets. You can check out what they do on Instagram and YouTube. It's very, very good. I am, of course, referring to Alan Mustafa, a man who I naively assumed might have summoned me to Brentford uh, because of the connections to the TV show I just mentioned. But no, here we are in North East London and we've just arrived at the first location and I think I see him just over yonder. So let's go and say hello. Sipa, where are we and why have you brought me here? We are at, um, what's it called? Apney Park. Yeah. yeah, Apney Park Cemetery. I do, I have been here before. <laughs> I just, uh, <laughs> yeah, just, just call it the cemetery and start new into it. But yeah, um, yeah, man, like, I think around lockdown I started coming down this way. I used to live around here and, and I was trying to work out sort of other places to walk that weren't just the same bit down the canal that I was going down. And, uh... I think I watched this guy called Jules Walks or something on, on YouTube. You know, you're getting your weird YouTube wormholes. Lockdown was good for YouTube wormholes. Yeah, man. And uh, he's this, like, mad guy that loves old London and, and taking walks and that and telling you the history about it. And, uh, yeah, this came up on one of his routes. So, yeah, I thought I'd come down and check it out. Apparently there's loads of olden day famous people buried here. Yeah, I think there's lots of people who, if you're really into your history... Big time, um, which of course I am. You're a massive yeah. history nut. Yeah. Everyone knows that about yeah. you. It's one yeah. of the main things people know. Exactly. Um, I know that there's um, a lot of people here who were involved with the abolition of, of slavery. I yeah. know that. Yeah. Um, and also, I just realised, as, as I introduced you there, yeah. earlier on, I introduced you as Alan Mustafa, mm -hmm. but you go by Sipa more often. Is that right? Well, do you know what it is? Obviously, my name is, my full name is Alan Muhammad Kamal Arif Mustafa, yeah? Yeah. Which changed to Alan at school. Because, you know, the English way of saying it. Yeah. And then my nickname since I was about 14 has been Sipa. And, and that's like what everyone that's my, that, that I know that I'm fond of calls me. So that's why. Yeah. I suppose it gets complicated as well because the roles you play. Yeah, exactly. There's Andy Peacock. Yeah. There's the curse where there's people just do nothing. You're synonymous with those people. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. People think of you as those characters entirely. It's like, who am I? Sort of vibes. Well, I didn't want to put words in your mouth, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, yeah, it's so very I. much that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where did the name Sipa come from? Obviously, like with uh, people to do nothing and, and stuff like that, you could see that I, that was the sort of culture that I was into. It was like sort of uh, MC and pipe radio, yes. raving and stuff. But hand in hand with that was graffiti culture for me growing up. Yeah, and it was just my generation. Like everyone at school had a tag. Everyone wrote like graffiti and. Uh, my my brother got in a lot of trouble for graffiti writing as well. Yeah, um, yeah. And as a result, I learned about it via osmosis through him, but without any of the risk. Yeah. So I never nice. had to go to court or anything, but like um, it felt like vaguely glamorous to to be associated with him. He, yeah, was, exactly. he was good at it as well. You had all the romance without the uh, the dark stuff. Without the risk. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. We're just coming up to this chapel now. They've been working on this thing for for years and years, and, yeah. and I think now it's like a, a music venue. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it's a sort of community music venue. It's very, very flash inside. Yeah. They want it to be like one of those places. Have you, ever, have you heard of one called um, the Church of Sound as well? Yeah. That's yeah. around here. Right, I think right. closer yeah, to yeah, Clapton. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the nicest thing, watching 
people just do nothing for the first time mm -hmm. was the affection that you and the cast and the writers like have for the scene this sounds kind of odd but whenever it gets to any point in the episode where you guys actually sort of make music it's always great that you're all really really good at it <laughs> yeah. i can't really because it would have been really easy to be like oh and let's make them like fuck ups you can't actually do this for real yeah for sure exactly something about it really makes sense when you watch it and it's, it's almost uh, really uplifting whenever you guys perform on that show i think it's like for us like our first love was music right so I always say it that way around. It's like, that's what I did since I was like 12, 13. You know, before that I played the drums and then like about 13, 14, 15, I got into MCing and then I got into hip hop. And like, like there was always, it was always music. It was always music for me and the rest of the boys. Uh, like acting and writing came later. And you were talking about garage and stuff and hip hop. Did it go in that order? It was hip hop first yeah. as a young person growing up and that was the sort of gateway drug to UK garage. That was the hash. To, the hash was the, the gateway crack. drug. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I guess, um, like, super young, I'd be into, like, my first ever, like, tape I would have bought would have been, like, E17 or something. Right, yeah. Because I think I was attracted to, like, hip-hop and stuff, but that was, like, the same, like, oh, my God, these guys are nice. None harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly, harder. <laughs> yeah. It was a pop band. Keeping it uh, real. And, the, and then it was, like, yeah, Cypress Hill, Wu-Tang, like, all that sort of stuff. And it, around that time is when the older kids at school started handing around jungle tapes and garage tapes and stuff. And so it was it was a kind of hand in hand. And then once sort of like my Raven and Pirate Radio days started dying down. And when you're young, everyone's a creative. And then suddenly, you know, people <laughs> go into their paths and that and yep. get to about 20. And then it's it's only the ones that are, that want to be creative or naturally you feel, you know, like like me, sort of left behind in a way. And the lunatics. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Slash lazy people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and people that want to make up life. Uh, and uh, so then that's when I started going deep into like 90s hip hop and. Yes. And, and, and yeah, and writing rap bars. And, and, and that's how I met Hugo, because Hugo, who, Hugo Chegwin, who plays DJ, DJ Beats. DJ Beats, of course. He, uh, he used to make hip-hop beats in his bedroom. And yeah. Then, and then that was it. What were your sort of like venues or your parties of choice? Like who were your MCs? Well, I grew up on um, on Delight FM because I was at Southwest and Delight FM was in um, uh, Battersea at the time. Right. So that was my first like, wow, this is amazing. This is something that like no one else can listen to. It's just for us. You know what I mean? Like it's like super crackly. I'd be sitting in my room smoking a little hash spliff by the window. Yeah. You know, like, because I'd be grounded all the time because I've got like foreign mom who's strict and fuming at me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a real big, big, big part of my life, man. Like, like I spent I spent quite a lot of it on my own just listening to that, um, you know, like burning tapes, swapping them at school and yeah. stuff. And, and you don't ever find out about other garage from other parts of London until someone at school has a cousin that lives in North London or whatever, and then swaps you like a Heartless Crew tape. Do you know what I mean? Off of like Raw Mission or whatever. How Bec different could the sound have been? Completely different. Really? Yeah, man, completely different. And it, and it reflects that whole thing, you know, like they were from North, there was more of a like a, there was more of a, like a dance hall twist to their oh. stuff. And, and like, yeah, it was completely different. And, and you only find out about it like it's very much like a London regional thing. Do you know what I mean? Ultra like what regional. And then Raven Wise, like, I got heavy into like jungle music and stuff, but I was always too young to get into the proper raves. So you had to admire them from afar. Admire them from afar. I'd get, I'd get all the flyers from the record shop and put them all over my wall and pretend I've been to them. And um, we'd go to like we'd always go to squat parties all around London, basically. Right, yeah. Did your parents become supportive of like um, 
your taste in music and your sort of ideas for what you wanted to do when you were younger eventually? Yeah, definitely, man. Like, like interesting how I say, like, I've got, you know, like, my mum's from Czech Republic. She grew up in, like, communist Prague. Dad's from Kurdistan. They obviously grew up with a lot of political issues. And uh, my mum ended up moving to Kurdistan with my dad, like, wow. when they first met. They lived there for, like, 15 years. Then my dad had to, they both had to run away because from Saddam, because yep. my dad was Kurdish. So they'd been through a lot. And as is classically known with like immigrant parents, it's like they want the best for their kid. They don't want to take a gamble and, and you know, and be a creative and stuff. Yeah. But so, so all my sort of, I call them cousins. They're not, they're just like, you'd call their dad and uncle. Yeah. <laughs> but the Kurdish people I know here, like a lot of them are heart surgeons, a lot of them, you know, they come from like, Real, real jobs, but yeah, exactly. But then they work their ass off with yeah. real jobs, exactly. But strangely, I was always supported to do my music as long as I'd done well at school, right? Which I didn't, and that was the problem. Okay, like, like that, yeah. that's when it was like, why are you not good at maths? You know, like all this sort of stuff. But, but like job wise, if I'm gonna work my ass off, yeah, you can do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, they got me a drum kit early on, like a that's a good. little basic drum kit, but they were so happy with me, like actually caring about something and like working hard at something, you know? And I, and the problem is I didn't work hard, even at, it was a bit people to do nothing. Do you know what I mean? I was like weed and friends and the music was a backdrop to that. <laughs> you, were, you were doing character studies. You were deep in character. Yep. And they, you know, it's a shame that your parents couldn't see that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I did say that. It's a little bit selfish. <laughs> <laughs> the last time we went to a cemetery was with uh, Phil Wang, which was oh, another yeah. one of the Victorian cemeteries in Nunhead. Okay. And we chose his final resting place while we were walking around. Wow. So as as we walk, if you if you have your eye on a little spot. <laughs> okay, yeah, sweet, you, yeah. yeah. just let me you, know. Are you, are you Because there's graves everywhere, so are you talking yeah. about sort of jumping in someone else's grave because I quite like the look of it and I wouldn't have to pay for it. To be honest, you've been in a film, so you can you can evict these people if you oh, want. Amazing. Dig right, them up, cool. get, send them out. Like. Maybe check if it's really old because everyone's <laughs> sort of forgotten about them then. Yeah, after a certain amount of time, it's like when a copyright expires. <laughs> exactly, yeah, you yeah. You just yeah. exhume someone and get rid. Oh, I'd quite like something like that. Like, Which one? See that there? Okay. Yeah. For the record, we're in the middle of the graveyard. Seepers picked out a sort of mausoleum thing in the middle but me standing inside it right like a glass like yeah. a sort of cabinet with you in the yeah. middle yeah without a coffin oh so it's not a statue of you uh, no no it'd be me like a pump full of liquid to yeah keep you yeah yeah exactly I want, yeah i want like whoever's looking after it having to like fund it every year <laughs> to make sure i don't fall apart but all that would happen is basically all the goodwill to you over the years would sort of get less and less until all the yeah. until the you know the the upkeep would get less and less and you'd <laughs> yeah. be looking like pretty ropey by the end like an old kebab going round and round inside yeah, a cabinet. Yeah. yeah the thing is i used to walk around here during lockdown for the first time as well oh, yeah, um nice. i came here with my dog like almost every single day pretty much it is all it should be said historically a very famous uh, cottaging site for gay men i didn't know that i didn't know that as well until i started to notice like quite a lot of looks i was getting when i would just be sitting there in the middle of the day with my sort of quite macho bulldog right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and i looked into it yeah and and lo and behold no uh, way yes why is that only a gay thing yeah good point Do you yeah know what I mean? open it up <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that grew up in or around London, yeah. you'll always remember, since you were a kid, everyone constantly saying that Soho or wherever is shit compared to how it used to be. Exactly. And after a while, you just think like, well, maybe <laughs> everyone's just making it up yeah, there. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. It's like when you go traveling somewhere, there's a traveler there going, mate, you should have come to Thailand and like, 
back in the day, like that's when it was good. Yeah, I should have. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. Brilliant, man. Yeah, it's pretty good now, actually. But yeah, <laughs> did you do as much traveling before Taste Cadets? It was basically the food things giving you an opportunity to see way more places. Love the segue. Thank um, you very much. To be honest, it was our thing as as a group of friends. That's what we used to do. So I think anything that like comes from an honest place and, and from a love, like, like, like with music, like yeah. with uh, creating these comedy characters that we found funny ourselves, you know what I mean? Like, it's always going to feel like genuine and I don't know, like, I, it's, it, then you sort of don't really care where it goes because it, it is real, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely, yeah. So that's what Taste Cadets was, man. It was like, and, and we look up to people like, obviously like, Anthony Bourdain is like our goat, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. People that were like the anti-presenter, people that were like, actually trying to say something else or let people tell their stories and stuff and i think that's that's what we got into it for man and like just us learning like going to other countries learning about different cultures through their food like we love food what was the most interesting place you went to for taste cadets um i'd say we've been to so many places now we've been so lucky and gone right all the countries <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. do you know what vietnam is amazing man like that that will always have a special place in in, in my heart and our heart as well, like all the boys, they love it as well. Um, what was it about Vietnam? I don't know, man. It's just like, when I'm there, I'm just like, fuck, this is how it should be. You know, like, just food everywhere. And, and people talking about, like, like, a greeting is like, you know, like, what have you had to eat? Like, where are you going to have lunch? Like, all these sort of <laughs> things, man. Like, and you get that in places like other amazing cultures in Europe, like, like Italy or, you know, France, people that care about their food. But the fact that it's so readily available and it's just there on the street everywhere do you right know I mean? yeah and, and i you know it's become a bit of a sort of a cliche like street food you know what i mean i don't even know what street food really means anymore <laughs> that's what i mean man like it means a pulled pork burger in a market you know like a, a street food market here with a roller disco in the middle or something. but if i walk into like mangal 2 down here yeah yeah and just walk out with a plate of food <laughs> does it become street food okay if you get a lamington <laughs> and you stand <laughs> eat on the street it's kind of it's street, food. street food isn't it? Yeah. Well, everyone's getting used to the idea of food being branded. So when they yeah. come, when they come up against something that's not branded, yeah, a lot of people just can't believe for a single second that it might be worth investigating. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's not got like a logo or some sort of like Instagram yeah, presence. Exactly. I think we've just arrived at our of our second location. Yeah. Do you want to say where we are? Yeah, man. We're just outside, cut some bruises. My boy Kem owns this shop. It's a barber shop. Uh, when I used to live around here, so I used to come all the time. Um, and it's just one of those spots where, like when I used to go to the barbershop when I was little, you go into like, to the Root Boy barbershop and that, and you'd be sitting there and you'd see all the older kids just chatting there, like on their phones and be like, fucking hell, I wish I had the confidence to do that in a barbershop. This became that for me. Right, you know I mean? yeah. Like, Kem's a, a close friend of mine. Uh, my mate Jake used to work here. Um, and yeah, it was always just a vibe, man. Come in, chat. And they let you live out your barbershop fantasies in here, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do phone calls while I get my hair cut. Yeah. I'm not even on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to seem like one of those rude boys from back in the day. Yeah, yeah, and they put up with you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, brilliant. Well, let's uh, go on in and say hi. Yeah, sweet. Yes, yes, what's going on? You good? Good to see you, man. Yes, Kem, are you good? Good to see you, man. How you doing, brother? You all right, yeah? How's How's the trim going? Amazing. Amazing. Sick, nice one. Yeah, Sipa's, Sipa's interrupting a very patient man's haircut. Yeah. yeah, it's looking good though. Yeah, it's good. There's a lot of tattoo stuff on the walls. Yeah, man. And skateboards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kem's big into his tattoos. He's a gorgeous, sassy tattoo smith, aren't you? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I wonder if you take one look at me, if you had to recommend a tattoo that would suit me in some way, 
Describe pointing. it, Ken. Describe it. It's, it's, it's a beautiful woman with one, one titty out holding some scales, um, a knife in her back. It's a very old school traditional piece. Yeah. Uh, snake wrapped around her legs. Really is she cool. stabbing America? She's stabbing some part of the world, yeah. Yeah, that's good. She's good, isn't it? So, the surprise for you is we've got a tattoo on <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, it's been years since I think I've walked into a hairdresser's. A barbershop, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Stop yeah. dead naming it. <laughs> How often do you get your hair cut? Me, um, probably like, depends actually. It all check, depends on my roles, innit? Yeah, depends uh, what I'm shooting. So like when I did the curse, yeah. I didn't get a trim for time. I'd be popping in here just for a beard trim, innit? Yeah. And I didn't cut my hair for about a year. Andy Peacock had very, yes. uh, very considered haircut. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that you did a good job, but the haircut was the star in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, uh, the floppy hat as well. Yeah, oh, the, yeah. the, the hat, I remember the yeah. hat. Did I read it was coming back? Yes, yeah, oh, we, just, we just finished uh, filming series two and uh, we're just in the edit at the moment. Uh, yeah. It'll be coming out in, in a couple of months, I think, yeah. It's uh, him compared to Grinder. it's different shades of delusion and loneliness, which yeah, is yeah, why it's yeah, good. Yeah. There's something much less sympathetic about him in some ways, yeah. but he's also just much more of an extreme character. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I loved it when I saw it, I really did. I think the difference of him and Grinder, like one of the big things is with Grinder because it's a mockumentary, he knows the camera's there the whole time. It's a very good point. Yeah. So, like with Andy, it comes out because there is no, you know, like yeah, you know, he's by him. He's literally there by is himself. a camera, but he can't see it. Yeah, is yeah. that how it works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bizarre. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, it's lovely to pop in here. We, we might move on now, but I'll, I'll come back for a trim. I will. I think I, I need one. I, I, I look like a mess. You don't look like you've ever been to a barbershop. <laughs> well, I promise to come back soon. All right, see you guys. Thanks very much. Have a lovely afternoon. Same, brother. Nice one. Thank you very much, everyone. See you later. Yeah? As the self-professed King of London, I float through life unconcerned by plebish preoccupations like organisation, planning and forethought. Sometimes chance favours me. I get to the bus stop just as it pulls up, or I snag a booth at Brasserie ZL. Sometimes though, it doesn't, and I end up arriving at the park to exercise my beloved hairy dog son just as the rain starts. Basically, chance is great, but you can't trust it. That's why, when I've got somewhere to be, rather than trying to hail a cab in the street, I book ahead with free now. Chance would be a fine thing, but it's better to be sure. Feel free now. Never been so insulted in my life. I'm, not, I'm never going back there. Who are those people? I can only apologize. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, it's a chill vibe, you know. Loads Great. of people go there, you know. Um, Jamali goes there, Jamali Maddox. Jamali Maddox goes yeah. there. Uh, Ed Skrine, Lil Kana gets his old trim there and Ed stuff. Ed Skrine was a, a hip hop guy back in the day. He was a UK rap yeah, guy. Man. Yeah, man. I remember yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Good guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. excellent. <laughs> what did you make of Japan when you went there to film uh, the people? Do you, within your, your highfalutin movie star circles, do you refer to it just as people? Uh, <laughs> never. But okay. when we went, to, like, we went to LA once to take meetings and never followed them up and didn't know what we were doing there. Classic but, meetings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Where we, at the first, we loved it. This is, they love us. <laughs> Why didn't they? They wanted to pay way more out here. Why does everyone do this? You realise it's bullshit. Yeah. But um, they oh, kept calling it. I love the show People, by the way. And I was like, so I was like, okay, so that's the only time I've ever heard it. Well, we just refer it to it as PJDN. 
PJDN. Which could be even more wanky because some people hate sort of abbreviating things, but it was just quicker. I think it's funny that you gave it a name which is so weird as well. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I think the conventional name for it would have been something like Grinders or like The yeah, Hustlers or something. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's great that it's got a name which is like unwieldy, but it sort of makes sense in some strange yeah. way. No, for sure. Do you know what it was? Steve used to have this little jotter and he would just like doodle and he just did a backward Nike tick and and it just said, just do nothing. Like, just do it. Because these characters have such, like, high expectations, and but then nothing actually happens in the end. Do you know what I mean? They, they literally do nothing. Yeah. So, and that's what it was, so. So if you nothing. are listening, Nike lawyers, have at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they've been going at this for 10 years. You didn't even realize the name was a copyright You're infringement. <laughs> But you know, get involved. <laughs> no, no, big up Nike, man. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I think like early on, uh, production company and BBC were, had had their concerns about the name because it didn't roll off the tongue. Yes, but yes. We just wanted to stick with it, man. They were absolutely right about that. Of course. <laughs> so so many people come up to me like, oh mate, yeah, fucking love. Her. People just don't do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, mate, oh people do nothing. Love people that do show. nothing. Yeah. yeah. Well, PJDN, when you went yeah. to Japan, how did you find it there? Japan was amazing, man. An incredible place. It's one of those places where food is just amazing in, in, in most places out there. Do you know what I mean? They don't really miss as too much. Well, we've just arrived at our third location. Do you want to say where we are? We are at uh, Sonora Takaria. Takaria. So you say Takaria. I think in the past I've said like Takaria or something, which is obviously not Takeria. correct. I don't know. Well, that sounds more like it could be in a Takaria. It sounds stupid. I think is what it sounds like. Takaria sounds like yeah. much more normal. No, now I don't like that. Now I feel like I'm butchering it. All right, well, let's go for uh, Takeria. Yeah, Takeria. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, in we go. Lovely. All right, yeah, so uh, here we are. Do you come, do you come here often? <laughs> I do, man. Well, this is like a newish location for them. Uh, so I've been here a couple of times. There's always a queue out the door. Mm. But, you know, the queue goes quick. Get to the front, order your tacos, and get out or go downstairs. But it's one of the, it's deceiving. They're so good, you need to order between six and eight, I'd say. Six and eight yeah. tacos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot. You've been to Mexico as well. Big time. So I know this is... So you know, <laughs> so, yeah. The voice. So, me being a non-Mexican that's been to Mexico. <laughs> what do you normally get? Uh, I get I get a whole selection, man. I get I get the, the carne asada. I also like the stewed sort of ones. I like the barbacoa, I like the cabeza. Okay, so maybe uh, you can tell me what to order. Hi there. Hey. Nice to see you. How you doing? So... Well, I'm going to order six for myself. Okay. So what are you going to order? Like Maybe how I'll, many do you want? I'll go, to, I'll go for a... Um, do you know what? Maybe we'll do six and share between us. Yeah. Does that sound okay? And I'll do six for myself. Okay. Because I'm not insane. <laughs> Can we get two carne asada, two barbacoa, yep. two chorizo, sure. two of the Carmelos? Let's get two quesadillas. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically order the menu. Oh, I've just seen they've got caps. They do have caps. They have some merch. in stock? Can I buy one, please? Do you, know, yeah. but do you know what? I'm going to buy you a cap as a present. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like when you wear it, you'll remember the day we yeah, spent together. Man. Yeah, okay, thank you. If that's okay, would you like the black or the tan cap? I'll go for the tan, please. Yeah. Please, may I have one tan cap for my friend? Thank you very much. Amazing, thank you so that's much. You. Man. Uh, you're welcome. That's, uh, that's really special, thank you, man. Overall experience in Mexico was fun when you went there for, was that just for Taste Cadets? So good, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a Taste Cadets trip November 2019 then. Yeah, we went out there. It was amazing, but that the first day we did, um, I'm, I'm aware that we're in a restaurant and people are eating, but, so cause what I'm about to say, but <laughs> <laughs> the first day we went in, in Mexico City and we did like 10 different tacos and 10 different like random 
you know. I feel like I know where this street. is going. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I'm excited to go there. Well, yeah, yeah. And they, um, there's a thing they call it out there, and it's the Conquistador's Revenge. Okay. Um, and basically... Um, it's a Mesoamerican deli belly, I imagine. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly what we're trying to say. <laughs> the thing is, though, if you go anywhere and have 10 different know, tacos, exactly, you're going to yeah. suffer. The thing is, if, if you had a bit of a dodgy belly here, you'd then wouldn't eat out, right? When you'd, you'd go home and you'd maybe get on the old brat diet. Mm-hmm. And, but you were like, we're here now. We're here now. So we carried on. And the next day was the same. And chili sauce and just, you know, the greasy meat and chili sauce. It was different sauces yeah. and stuff. Third day, we then had to travel. Your body must have been thinking, like, are you dumb? I, 100%. Yeah. I mean, it went on for like seven days. And uh, if you look online, it's like any more than 48 hours going to see a doctor yeah. sort of thing. Completely hydrated, like trembling. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got to Puebla and I had to eat bananas and white bread, man. And oh I'm in God. a restaurant with like two of the other boys were fine. They're just having amazing food. And I'm you just were the worst affected. Like, yeah. And then, I mean, it hit us like at different times, basically. But once I got over that, we got to Oaxaca. What, what, was the, well. what was the low point? on your dehydration. Oh, man. Okay, so we drove from Mexico City to Oaxaca. In between, I was like, boys, like, we've got to stop, man. They're like, what? You know, that super piercing. I was like, boys, please, please, we've got to stop. We saw KFC on the side of the road. So I ran in there, jumped into the toilet, pulled my trousers down. Mm. It was too late by then. I, I had to go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was yeah. no seat on the toilet. Oh, yeah, and it was yeah. super gully, just like... <laughs> I just sat on the porcelain, bruv. Like, I couldn't even hold myself up. It's like a Mexican train spotting. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That. Oh, that's, I should describe it as that. <laughs> in the future. Yeah. If I can imagine it, yeah, with like no lock on the door, right. no you, seat. Exactly. I'm, I was literally holding the door, people yeah. outside it trying to get in. And I noticed there's no t- uh, there's no toilet roll, man. Yeah. So I had to pull my trousers off. you're like, there oh. thinking like, I'm in PJ at the end. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I shouldn't have, I've won a BAFTA. <laughs> 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 that doesn't count when that's <laughs> That can do nothing for you. <laughs> and then like and then so I had to like after the mess I had to pull my trousers up and run into the restaurant and get napkins <laughs> and go back man it was, yeah it was a super low point it's one of those ones where you, where you really revert to being a child oh, I just want to be at home <laughs> <laughs> it makes you humble it, it really does humble you yeah. yeah I needed it oh I think I can see our food coming which oh is a lovely God, sight yes. yes Joseph thanks very much so let's um, tuck it's in incredible How are you feeling after the tacos? I'm feeling like pleasantly full. There's usually, after we go and have lunch normally, the location after that, there's always a like an audible lull mm-hmm. as the guest begins to digest. Right, one thing you'll know about me is that when I eat loads, yeah. that's when I'm ready to go. Really? Yeah, I'm like a power lifter. I'm like, I'm like someone who's like, this is giving me energy now. Okay, so you the, convert it. For the verbal it. workout we're about to have. Excellent, that's you know good. Saying? You might have to do all the heavy lifting, oh, the, the heavy verbal lifting. Yeah, of course, man, I'm down. Yeah, do you, you have a very fast metabolism? In. Yeah, no. I've <laughs> <laughs> got a fucking pear-shaped, sorry, I've got yeah. a pear-shaped figure. Uh, it's the worst thing about everything in my life is that I love food and it... Um, and I put weight on so easily, man. I fluctuate all the time. Was that partly why you chose to set a series in a gym so you could use the gym? <laughs> exactly that. In between takes, I'm, you know, I'm using the gym. It's funny because in Peacock, I play a aging, out of shape personal trainer. Yes. Which is perfect. And I had to get in shape to be that out of shape. Do I was you know gonna, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, I was yeah, too yeah. out of shape to be a believable <laughs> personal trainer before. What were the like um, series when you were younger that had like the biggest impact on you as a writer? Um. 
I mean, so for me, I'm going to say the obvious one, just because it's part of the Holy Trinity for me, which would be Partridge, Peep Show and The Office, right? Yes, yes. They're like the biggest inspirations, not only to my writing, but to my, I guess, like just comedic language in general. Do you know what I mean? Because it was the first time I'd been taken by something that wasn't like the, the normal sitcom comedic yeah. sort of way, right? But when I really think about it, what did I grow up on? Like my, my, the first thing I would have watched would have been stuff like, um, like Bottom. Uh, yeah. The first time I'd seen something naughty, like, oh, wow. You don't have to like follow the rules. You can do, you know what I mean? Like I thought it was amazing. Have it on VHS tapes and watch it at sleepovers and stuff. And, and like Harry Enfield and Charms, Fast Show. I, I ended up just like, especially me and the boys, we ended up just watching like documentaries that aren't meant to be funny. Uh, <laughs> you know, and then, and then just being like, like, I don't know, real life is so much funnier, it man. It is, like, yeah. King like, of Kong, have you ever seen that one? Yeah, about of course. The... That's, that's one of the ones I'm talking about. Yeah. Amazing. Um, American movie. Yes. Oh, man, incredible. Um, all that, all that sort of stuff. That, the first time I'd seen documentaries like that, been like, this is amazing. Wow. Yeah. Well, we've just pulled up outside of our fourth location, the very, very unique shape of a particular pub in Stoke Newington. Do you want to say where we are? Yeah, we're at the uh, Old Shillelagh. Excellent. I see a faded timeout sticker on the window. Two wow. faded timeout stickers in the window. I have to get them a new one. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to go in? I'll follow yeah, you. Let's do it, man. Hello. Hey there. How are you? Yeah, yeah good, thank you. Well, uh, what would you like? Anything? Is it mostly Guinness people are ordering in here? Every time I've been here, it's just like, people just say two, three, four, they don't even say Guinness. Four Guinness, please. Yeah. Well, we're here in one of London's smallest and best love pubs, I would say. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a beautiful establishment. It's, uh, it's a tiny sliver of a pub. Yeah. It feels like it's sort of in between buildings, almost sort of like, well, I mean, everything is in between buildings, <laughs> but, but, but almost like one of those, um, you know, you get the uh, SIM card shops yes. in between. It's like the pub version of that. Yeah, it's just almost like a growth on the side of another building. Yeah. It's popped out. Yeah. Not making it sound that attractive. No, it's it, amazing. It's, it's beautiful. Beautiful beer garden and, yeah, my favourite Guinness in London. For the sure. Guinness is very, very good. And I think any list that you find, including our excellent list of best pubs, is always going to have the old shillelagh on it. For sure. I do think that like, sort of pub culture is something that... It, it's hard to talk about it without sounding like a sort of deluded alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. But it is so speci specifically British, and mm. also pubs in London are so specifically London. It should be something we celebrate and talk about. For sure, and uh, and, and even like the the historical aspect of it, like something I didn't really give a shit about when I was younger. Do you know what I mean? And like like now going to somewhere that's like steeped in history. Yes. You know, as we know that I'm a huge history fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's just, yeah, it's just saying about it, man. It's just like, it's been, it's been happening since the, the sort of dawn of time, like somewhere people meet up to drink and, yeah. and have a chat and sort of put the world to rights. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like everything's on pause. You yeah. Know? yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's dangerously addictive. Yeah. The pub environment. Well, alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could look at it like that. You put, <laughs> put a downer on the situation. Yeah. yeah. But to put an upper, um, it's dangerously addictive in a great way. Yes, it's uh, sociable. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the area itself, yeah. Stoke Newington, Church Street, like yeah. you feel this is like your home? Yeah, I mean, like it was, I lived, I'm a little bit further out now, but um, yeah, I like it, man. I like Stoke Newington in general, like, you know, crossing over to Dawson and stuff. I love the fact that you've got like the whole, like, you know, the immigrant community of like the Turks and stuff. And then you've got like the Jamaicans a bit further down. And like, it's like, it just feels like it's like what London should be, right? Like obviously this part's a bit more gentrified now and then you've got your nice restaurants and mm. stuff. But yeah, it feels like a good balance. It still feels like there's a bit of a community here. Do you know what I mean? Definitely, yeah. And Clissold, 
Park is a, is a massive favourite of mine as well. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. It almost was um, deleted. They almost got rid of it. Really? Uh, when they were sort of clearing out the whole area, yeah. I think um, there, was, there was no green space and they were going to build over Clissold Park. And I think there was a huge sort of petition and a, a sort of movement of local people who said, you know, if you get rid of this park, people who grow up here have nowhere to go, nowhere to hang out and play. Really? Um, and I saw, I saw a photo of the person who sort of led the petition. It was called like the Clissold Park Preservation Society. Mm-hmm. And it's a very old photo of the sort of early 1900s. And it was one of those sort of very old white guys with a big white beard and a fez. Wow. You know, like when you see it and you're, yeah. like, oh, you're, you're in a, like an eccentric mm-hmm. character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're in safe hands with this guy. And whatever <laughs> he did, he did it well. And they sort of saved the park. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, we can all go and look at the goats. You're an old white guy that doesn't hate foreign stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not you, it's that guy. Yeah. Well, me as well. I'd like, I'd <laughs> yeah, like to yeah. think I fall under well, that I don't category. Know that about you, but yeah, not yet. that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. have a fez. Yeah, yeah. I, I, could, I think I could carry you off could a fez. You could definitely put off a fez. Yeah, your lock's poking out the back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, in any case, at this point in proceedings, mm-hmm. I usually like to expand the conversation from Stoke Newington in particular to London as a whole mm-hmm. and ask you about things that you think are good, things you would give your own five-star rating to across the capital. Sure. That sound good? Sounds amazing. Well, let's do it. What is your five-star pizza? I'd say uh, crisp pizza in uh, Hammersmith. One for crisp again. Yeah, man. It's, uh, but by the way, I'm not one of the people that are jumping on a trend. We were one of the first people to go there. Really? And the first people to document it. You can ask Carl down at crisp. That was us. Yeah. All well, right. I can't because I can't get in. Well, if you follow me, I'll get you in, boy. Really? Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I might take you up on that because yeah. it does look very good. Yeah, They're, it's great. As the name suggests, very thin. Yep. Very crispy. Yeah. It's a New York pizza that has been, for some reason, really hard to get in, in London. Uh, and he's done it so well. He, he basically, it was a lockdown thing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a pub called The Chancellor's in, in Hammersmith. And, and that's where he, he knocks him out of. And uh, he... Uh, yeah, he went to New York, he got obsessed, and he came back and he just nerded out on it so much, like got it wrong so many times until it got to this process, man. Well, there's one more place uh, that I did go to yeah. that does very, very similar pizzas yeah. that's new in uh, Maryland yeah. called Alley Cat Pizza. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, Alley yeah. Cat's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the funny thing was, uh, they were projecting the Sopranos massive on the wall inside the restaurant Amazing. that was full of kids. Yeah. And it was, I think it was the scene where they shoot someone in the eye in the bath. <laughs> and everyone yeah. was just sat silently sort of watching this. And yeah. it was great. It was a wonderful afternoon. It it's very good. Nice. It's good, good to teach the children about the realities of life. Okay. What would be your five-star park in London? I would say Springfield Park. I don't know Springfield Park. Springfield Park is a very, like, it's not a, it's not a name brand. Uh, it sort of straddles Clapton, Stamford Hill and Stoke Newton kind of area. And it's like, you know the canal? Yes. Yeah, it's, it sort of goes down to the canal and it's on a hill. And if you go to the top of it, you can like have a nice little view over London. Oh, beautiful. Um, it's got a little ping pong set up. You can bring your own bats. It's got the little chess set up. It's a, it's a little, <laughs> it's a neighborhood park, I like to call it. You know, like you get neighborhood restaurants. It's a neighborhood park. That's, that's the thing, isn't that's it? Just for locals. I read that in, re- in reviews. Like, a yeah. neighborhood restaurant. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, but do you know what? There was a, a very famous restaurant opened recently. Yeah. I, I'm not going to name it. I did do a review of it. So if you want to, you can go online and read the review. But mm-hmm. it, it bills itself as a neighborhood restaurant, mm-hmm. like a lot. That's yeah. what it says on every single bit of branding. <laughs> yeah. And I can't for the life of me work out what that's meant to mean. Yeah, it's, it's a room that serves food. It's quite posh. Yeah. Everyone in there seems you know quite rich it's all very white 
But what what makes something a neighborhood restaurant? Genuinely. It's in a neighborhood. Isn't everywhere yeah. a neighborhood? Well, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Maybe like an inn at a crossroads in the middle of nowhere yeah. isn't a neighborhood restaurant. Okay, fine. So so everything apart from... So then we should have just a non-neighborhood restaurant. Yeah, that would be good. And then yeah. you don't need to say when it's a neighborhood restaurant. Yeah, and basically you go in there and you say, oh, what's it like in this area? And they go, what area? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, yeah it's a motorway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would be your five-star tourist attraction? Growing up, it would have been the opposite of what I think now. I couldn't think of anything worse than Madame Tussauds, but growing up, I thought that was incredible. What was the attraction of Madame Tussauds? Yeah, it's a bit dated, but you know, seeing someone like Michael Jackson there. Mm. So I was obsessed with Michael Jackson. I'm sure he would have been obsessed with me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, that would have been sick. I think as a kid, you're obsessed with like, yeah, like the stars and stuff yeah. like that. As far as I can tell now, it's just sort of um, waxworks of marble figures mm. and superheroes and things like that. Would uh, would something like, well, it would be Big Ben's a tourist attraction, isn't it? like Tower of London, something like that. Something where... Here he goes with his history again. With the history, because I'm loves, obsessed He just with loves history. the history. Yeah. <laughs> I reek of history. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so, like Tower of London. Yeah, Tower yeah, of London. I haven't London. been for years, but I want to hear it up again. Yeah, okay, well, it's always open. I think you can go and check okay. it out. What about your five-star burger? Oh, that would have to be, um, yeah, Four Legs. Four Legs Burger for me, probably be the best burger yeah. in London. Yeah, my yeah. guys, they used to work in the pub behind my house. What, um, what's the pub? Compton Arms. Yeah, yeah, that's where I first met them. Yeah, yeah, Ed and, Ed Ed and, and Jamie. Jamie. Yeah, yeah, the boys. nicest two dudes yeah, I've come across in the kitchen. Yeah, they're yeah. so pleasant. Yeah, and yeah. they were a large part of why that pub became nationally famous. Obviously, yeah. You know, uh, other things as well. It's run very well. Um, it was obviously it was a famous like Arsenal pub back in the day. But like, yeah, you're right. That they really. Yeah. I remember it before um, the current owner uh. Nick took it over, and it was a, quite a sort of grim, overlit boozer. Mm -hmm. It was fine. Mm -hmm. And the best thing about the the current version of it is almost nothing changed. Yeah, they kept the interior the same. They just put the food and the beer front and center yeah so it was quality stuff yeah, yeah. And lo and behold just like interesting people start turning up there it's so true man to, to go back to the burger briefly uh -huh. what is it about the four legs burger the dexter cheeseburger uh -huh. that you think makes it stand out well i just like a savory burger like i don't like a burger with all like you know bacon jam you know i don't want it to taste like a sweet man do you know what i mean like well, you're, you're, you're an old school Londoner, so you'll remember the first wave of burger restaurants yeah. where it was all peanut butter and yeah. kiwi fruit Exactly, and yeah, exactly. That. Dark days. Yes, very dark days. Um, and I just feel like these lot have stripped it back, man. I like a squashed burger, you know? Like mm. In lockdown, actually, I had, I had COVID and he lived near me and he came and dropped me a burger, just like, yeah, feel better, you go. Who's he? Uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> <Ed>. <laughs> Hey, don't worry about who's he. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the story. <laughs> Sorry, Ed from Four Legs, man. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and it was in a and it's just like it was in foil. And because uh, I love like you know when you watch like the uh, like like the cop movies and then they they take one bite of a f uh, burger in foil and then they get the call for it and they throw it all away. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, always, I'm looking. I'm just waiting. I'm just looking at the burger. Like I want that. What are they doing? Well, they're insane. Yeah, they definitely those two guys copied those burgers. That, yes, that was that's the, the vibe, inspiration it? and it yeah, was the yeah, vibe. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. No, but I'm glad you agree because it is a it's an amazing burger <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Yeah. What is your five star tube station? Oh uh, yeah. Um, Everyone has one. 
I know, but you know, mine isn't like some sort of like clever answer about the history of it and stuff. It's it's just Oxford Oxford Circus, man. It's a classic, it's and just, a lot of people have chosen it for a reason. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, for yeah. For a reason. What is, what is it that you like about it's just it? Just because that's probably where I've been the most. Do you know what I mean? It, it connects me everywhere. There's no fucking around. There's no like, are we outdoors? Are we down? You know, the West London ones were really confusing, and and it's like one sign with like three different lines that all link into one. And then when the train comes, if you haven't seen the front of the train, you don't know which one it is. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not that, it's just clean. It's nice and simple. Yeah. And also, it, I've said it before on the podcast, there's something about the four exits in like an X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what exactly, I mean? Right yeah, yeah. in the heart of London. Yeah. And it's spewing out these people. And if you take the wrong exit, you're still pretty much in the same place. It's fine. It's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. fine. Excellent. What about, I don't normally ask this, but considering your, your food background, mm. what is just straight up your five-star special restaurant? Special restaurant. For a special boy. For a special boy. <laughs> Um, oh, there's so many, man. So hard, isn't it? I, I guess uh, Nandine and Camberwell, like that's okay. like got a special place in my heart because I'm Kurdish, and they're bringing like, sort of Kurdish food into the, the modern world. I suppose not, not in a sense of like fine dining or whatever, but just like it's a little bit more contemporary. So people that aren't from that world that maybe wouldn't want to step into a, like a real OG boss man spot in Edgware Road can can go into yeah. and, and try. Do you have a five-star venue in London? In terms of going to see live music or going to a rave or something, was there a five-star venue? I love Fabric, man. I've had some amazing nights out in Fabric. Uh, again, when I was growing up, you know, and the sort of people I used to roll with and stuff, it, you know, you'd potentially be the type of people that you don't let in. You know what I mean? So I'd been to Fabric about five times before I got let into Fabric. Yeah. And uh, the first time I actually got into Fabric is when we uh, played there and we sold it out. So uh, now he's laughing. Night. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So so I'm shouting out someone that never let me in. Before. Yeah, someone that was actively <laughs> horrible to you for years and years. I think it was more our fault. So I get it. But yeah. like you know, that I've had some amazing nights in there. Some amazing yep. raves. Village Underground. I've had some yes. amazing nights in there. And uh, that you know, like we moved on to stuff like you know, played at like Brixton Academy, which is amazing. And more from the perspective of of playing there, right? But the nights out I've had in places like Village Underground and stuff like that, the slightly smaller venues. Village yeah, Underground. Right. amazing yeah. yeah were there any particular nights that you could remember the name of trying to think I remember uh, one there was a, a hip hop one and I think it's still just about still going mm -hmm. called Living Proof yeah yeah Living Proof's cold yeah I've been to a few Living Proofs yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I know the, one of the guys very well Raj S yeah and then is it Snips as well Snips yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah Snips who had what I would say is the world's most unintentionally entertaining Twitter yeah. for the longest time where he was just his rant ranting yeah, at young yeah, people yeah. non-stop yeah. about how they didn't understand hip-hop and they didn't respect hip-hop. Can't believe you're into Drake. Yeah, it was that. That's classic, like, UK hip-hop heads there, man. I was like that for years until I realised I quite like dancing with women in clubs as well as just Overrated. hanging around with loads of guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were such <laughs> man-heavy environments. Oh, my God, like yeah. Kung Fu in Camden. Always. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, okay, if we're putting it back there, it's like, yeah, Speaker's Corner in Brixton uh, at the ja uh, Brixton Jam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a, lot, a bunch of those guys are now in a band called Speaker's Corner. Yes, they're well. amazing. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. great. Finally, what is your five-star city that's not London and you can't say New York because that's cheating? Yeah, of course. Uh, Ho Chi Minh City. 
but you didn't see that uh, coming. No, I didn't. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for no, no, do you want to explain? <laughs> yeah, explain yeah. Why? I just think it's amazing, man. It's it's crazy. It's wild. There's like there's food everywhere on the street. It, uh, like it shouldn't work. Like everything's mad, but it all just works perfectly. And there's like you can have amazing nights out there. You can have amazing food. It's sort of a lawless but lord mm. place. No, that does sound good. It's a shame it's so very far away. I know, but you yeah. know, work harder. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> that is the message. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for showing me around your part of town today. Thank you. Have you had a nice time? I've had an amazing time. It's just really nice and chilled and, and great to just walk around and chat with you guys. I'll do it any day. Yeah, especially a lovely, sunny, freezing cold day like this. I, I know. Yeah, it's been great, man. Yeah, All right, yeah. mate. Thanks well, for thank me. you very much. Lovely. Cheers. Well, that was Anna Mustafa, a.k.a. Seepers, Stoke and Ewington. And what a lovely freezing cold day out it was. Uh, winter moon rumbles on. Um, didn't actually get a chance to sort of talk about Stoke Newington itself that much because I felt like we were just sort of chatting about music and things like that. But what a great guy. Uh, genuinely, like, very, very funny, really nice, and a real Londoner to boot, which is excellent. Uh, if you've not seen Peacock, by the way, it's on the iPlayer, three episodes. I definitely recommend that. It's really funny. And the good news is uh, he said it's got a second series which is coming out uh, summer this year which is fantastic. And if you want to hear more of him wanging on about food, do check out the Taste Cadets on Instagram and YouTube, which is him and two very funny mates going around the world and London eating stuff and talking about it and having a nice time, which is great. If you want to hear more from us, do stay tuned. There's a new episode every single Tuesday, as you'd expect. So do give us a nice rating. Do give us a five-star verdict, if you can, on your platform of choice. Uh, until next time. Love thyself and love thy neighborhood. Cheerio. This episode of Love Thy Neighborhood is brought to you by Freenow, the mobility super app. London winters can be tough. It starts getting dark during your lunch break. To turn the heating on costs literally a million pounds and dry January has rendered the world an unkind, hard-edged place. So why make things harder by standing out in the cold trying to hail a cab when you could use free now to book one from the lovely cosy indoors? Taxis and more at the tap of an app. Feel free now.